The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. The weekend began with the biggest comeback in NFL history, and the drama basically did not stop for the next 24-plus hours. And we are so excited to talk about Week 15 with you right here. I hope it was a great Week week 15. I hope it was as good for you as it was for Chandler Jones. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Wow! I can't believe that play! What? What a weekend we've witnessed. I know. I know. I mean, this is crazy stuff. Um... This is what makes our job great. I mean, this isn't even a fantasy thing, just being able to talk about football and the craziness yeah. that goes on. But you don't get weekends like this. I mean, I, I sit in a room for the four o'clock games with Jamie, our producer, Jack Capitordo, Pete Prisco, and everybody who's listening should know who Pete is. Rick Spielman, who used to be the GM of the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, it, it's nonstop like football knowledge and laughs the entire time. And everybody was bewildered yeah. at this last play of the game. And here's the conclusion that we came to. And I don't know if we're ever going to get a, a straight answer on what happened. We think, I, I shouldn't say, I'll say I, because I wasn't able to confirm that this is what we were all thinking. It's just what we were talking about. Ramondre Stevenson's lateral put Jacoby Myers in the mindset of, oh, crap, I'm supposed to lateral this. I didn't know I was supposed to lateral this. Here, I'm just going to chuck it. Right, right, right. Kind and it's right. it's almost yeah. like they, neither of them knew uh, there's going to be a whole, you know, overtime period going here, guys. You can go ahead and go down and, you know, the game's not over. So just total amazement that that play happened. Everybody, I can say this for a fact, we all agree that there's no way Bill Belichick told his players to do that. Yeah, that, I think so. Yeah. That, that would never happen. I don't know. There isn't a coach in this league that would tell their players to do that, not even like Brandon Staley. So I, I think that there's... <laughs> There's it's it's just amazing. It's amazing yeah. that that happened, and it's just one of like seventeen 
amazing, crazy, ridiculous things. Zach Wilson is completing 50 yard passes. Some of them, like he was, it was, they were miracle throws. And of course the Saturday games were just insane. Oh, it, totally. It, what? And, and it all happened on a week where there's nobody on by and it's the fantasy playoffs. And there's people who are going to be real sore because some of their players got hurt or underperformed. And there's others who are going to be uh, amazed and awesome and feeling great because they got to win. But how about the few fantasy managers that started Jacoby Myers and are going to lose this week by less than two points because he's going to get credited for a fumble loss on that last play. Okay, so I asked our audience, I asked my Twitter followers to come up with a nickname for that play. You know, you got like the Miami Miracle, the Immaculate Reception, those things. I think this one is my favorite from Stefan. Myers Remorse. Oh, that's great. That's great. Very clever. Uh, June says the idiotic reception. <laughs> Jeremy T says the immaculateral. Uh, Boca 38 says Mac trucked. Was Mac Jones is completely ransomed. Yeah, he over. got absolutely destroyed by Chandler Jones. Uh, sorry, yeah, oh, right. Chandler Jones got right, right ran over Mac Jones. So uh, here, Cal- here's the other thing. We have a few friends and a few alumni of fantasy football today that are now doing radio for professional oh. teams. And Jason Horowitz, who was the first ever host of fantasy football today on video, is now the Raiders voice on radio. So as soon as I see the play, I'm bringing up my phone. I'm going to my Sirius app and we're listening to Horowitz's call. And oh, my God, he's just elated. Yeah, I'll bet. We were all Raiders fans for a second there. I have more because of Jason and that call. Um, Inconceivable. Uh, Haldor says interception Jones and the Raiders of the lost ball. And G <laughs> a Patriots fan says the play that never should have happened because Keelan's Cole foot, Keelan Cole's foot was out of bounds, <laughs> which is an interesting point. All right, let's do some fantasy talk here. Dave, biggest winner, biggest loser. Heath's going to join us in progress, by the way, uh, biggest winner of week 15 was who the biggest winner of week 15. You know, I always stall when uh, when I do this because I have to figure out what I sent you. And I think it's a pretty obvious one for this week. And it's one that's like still attainable in shallow leagues. Jerk McKinnon. He's the guy for the Chiefs. He is their best running back moving forward. It was another week where he played the majority of snaps. He had the high value touches. He was doing great things with the football. And I, I just I don't know. I think that he's going to be the guy that the that the Chiefs are going to trust moving down the stretch as their main running back. He doesn't make mistakes. He's clearly still a playmaker. He's a winner. I think he's a must-start fantasy running back moving forward. And I don't think we can say the same thing of Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, Pacheco lost a little momentum there after he fumbled. He did finish pretty strong in that game, had some good runs toward the end, but uh, McKinnon, look, I mean, eight, these two straight games with 32 or more PPR fantasy points, that's insane. Uh, yeah. He also has a, a pretty good target share over the last seven games. The first seven games of the season, his target share, McKinnon's target share was never higher than 10.3%. It's been 16% or higher in three of his last four games. It's been 20 19.5% or higher in three of his last six games. So he's just getting thrown the ball more. I, do, right. I, I can't help but think, Dave, though, um, that he's the kind of player that could totally let you down. Right? He doesn't have he doesn't have that many carries. I can't promise you that Mahomes is going to throw to him that much. His touchdowns have been a little bit fluky, you know. He's got Well, certainly last week, yes. He's got four touched four touchdown catches in his last 3 games, 12 for his career and four in his last 3 games. Okay. 
from 10 yards, 56 yards, 20 yards, a two-yarder. So it, I, I just I don't know where you're going to rank him next week in Seattle. They struggle against pass-catching running backs, but I don't even know if it matters. What do you think? What is the number one thing you want from a football player in fantasy football? I don't know. The number one thing that I look for for a player. Uh uh-uh. uh. I mean, that would be great. Opportunity. Yeah. We always look for receivers that get a lot of targets. We want quarterbacks that have a lot of pass attempts. We want running backs who get a lot of touches. We want running backs who are going to get high value touches. Here's an example of what McKinnon did this week 62% of the snaps. So, right there, you know, he's playing more running back than anybody else on Kansas City. 11 of 12 snaps on third and fourth downs. That tells you that he's playing in situations where they're passing the ball a lot. Five of six snaps inside the 10. That means he's playing on snaps when they're near the goal line. It's a no-brainer. He's getting great opportunities. He's not getting a ton of carries and all that, but at least he's giving you opportunities that other players, uh, certainly not on the Chiefs, are getting. Now, Pacheco might get more carries and maybe more rushing yards in a game. But I'm I'm all in on McKinnon as a number two fantasy running back moving forward. Okay. Next week they're taking on Seattle. You just said it. They're they're terrible against running backs who catch passes. Who else is going to do that? Well, on this I know, team? but it's just it's just a matter of is he going to catch the passes? Do you buy the catches because they were pretty low for most of the year? Has something right. changed? So here's here's the all way right, I look. Please, at let's that. let's wrap it up on him. Go ahead. Kansas City was trying to find out what their running back usage was going to be. They drafted Pacheco. They still had Clyde Edwards. They brought in Ronald Jones and they had Jarek McKinnon and they realized uh, probably right about now, or maybe a week or two ago that McKinnon's their best bet. And that's what I think we're going to see. I would be stunned if McKinnon is only playing a third of the snaps left uh, next week. Yeah. And it's Pacheco who's dominating. Right. Okay. Uh, biggest loser. Who's the biggest loser? Uh, literally a big loser, Deontay Foreman, who was second on the Panthers in playing time by a mile. Chuba Hubbard, 63% of the snaps, so he had a Jarek McKinnon-like work rate. Uh, Deontay uh, did not play the majority of the snaps near the goal line. He only played 30% of the snaps. I do not know if there was an injury in the game. He did not give you one full fantasy point in non-PPR. This is a problem. The Panthers have a schedule where I expect them to be competitive against the Lions. Then it's the Bucs. We'll see what that run defense looks like by then. And then the Saints. These are all still three teams that are pretty good against the run. Not easy matchups for them. Games where the Panthers will be trailing. Games that are probably going to favor Chuba Hubbard. And so Deontay Foreman will be ranked behind Jarek McKinnon in fantasy rankings in week number 16. All right. Make sure if you want your questions read on the show to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with your question after the review. Tell everyone why you like our show, and then you can ask your, your question. But please leave us a five-star review. It helps our show grow. We'd appreciate that on Apple Podcasts. And those get read on the mailbag episode on Saturday. Well, we read it on Friday. So have your questions in, No, I would say, no later than Wednesday if you can do that. Uh, news and notes, there were some fake outs. Justin Fields left. He had cramps. He came back and got a pretty late touchdown that gave him a pretty nice game. Ryan Tannehill left early and came right back. So, or not right back, but he came back, so that was good. But he's got an ankle injury. Colt McCoy, however, left with a concussion, did not make it back into the game. Uh, McSorley and McCoy combined for a really bad game for the Cardinals, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get to that game. Uh, yep. Derek Henry left in the fourth quarter, but he came back. Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand, he left on the opening possession. Obviously, you know, a, a really tough way for the number one pick in fantasy to 
to go out potentially not play again and and for his fantasy managers you know obviously it wasn't good for for Taylor and do you favor Deion Jackson who did not have a touch at, I don't think after his fumble late in the game or Zach Moss I'm going to go with Zach Moss I just think that he's going to be the one that gets the opportunity and once again I'm just citing things that I got from True Media 70% of the snaps for Zach Moss 14 of 20 on third and fourth downs, three of five snaps inside the 10. I'm not so naive to think that Zach Moss is about to be an every down back for the Colts. He'll split with Deion Jackson. I think Moss will have the edge. Um, Damian Pierce is out for the year. We actually saw Royce Freeman lead the team. I didn't Russia. even know he was still on the Texans. <laughs> and, and, you know, Dari Gubawale got the first seven carries for the Texans and then ended with Agumbawale with eight and Freeman had 11. So Freeman had 11 of the last 12 between those two. Burkhead, I don't think, had a single carry. Um, but uh, they will get Tennessee next week, so you're not going to start them anyway. <laughs> Zonovan Knight limped off. I didn't see anything on him, did you, on Zonovan Knight? Nothing after the game, no. I did not see. Okay. Michael Carter could be someone to add against Jackson. Yeah, every Thursday. single snap um, after the injury. Josh Palmer limped off in the second quarter. I think he made it back. Uh, I saw him. He hobbled off just before halftime. And there were some defensive injuries. The Ravens had a couple of key ones to Marcus Peters and Calais Campbell. How about Justin Tucker? He missed two field goals in a game for the first time since 2018. Um, Buffalo center Mitch Morse is in the concussion protocol. The Jets played without two key players, LaMarcus Joyner and Quinnen Williams, and they held the Lions in check for just about all of that game and lost a tough one. Uh, Equinemia St. Brown, Bears wide receiver. He left almost immediately in the first quarter. Jags yep. left tackle Cam Robinson left in the fourth quarter. Cincinnati played without Trey Hendrickson, who's, who's hurt right now, but also Sam Hubbard left in the second quarter. And they still, so two key defensive linemen for them, they still beat the Bucks on the road and beat them good. And Leighton Vanderesh, Dallas linebacker, he left in the first quarter. And how about this? Drake London. Drake London had 70 of 97 receiving yards for the Falcons today. My goodness. Yeah, okay. so now we we may know the truth that uh, Desmond Ritter wasn't ready. It was more because of the injury for Marcus Mariota. Oh, here's one from Lemon Drop Buttons. Adam, say something about David Montgomery. Okay, well, we <laughs> sure will because Heath will be on the show and he'll be beating his chest, I promise you. So Heath is going to come on in a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some surprising studs like Russell Gage, Zay Jones with three touchdowns, the Mega Duds, the winners, the losers, and more right after this on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
All right, your surprising studs from Fantasy Week 15 starts with Jarek McKinnon. We talked about him earlier in the show. You can rewind for that. So how about these wide receivers that uh, are rostered in about 8% of leagues? Unless I have a typo, they're all rostered in exactly 8% of leagues, which is weird. But do you have any interest in Noah Brown, who had two touchdowns, and he had 85 yards last week. He had 49 yards and two touchdowns this week for the Cowboys. Russell Gage, who had two touchdowns, including a garbage time. And K.J. Osborne, who's had two good games in a row. This one was a terrific game. 157 yards and a touchdown on 16 targets. So it's Noah Brown, Russell Gage, K.J. Osborne, Dave. So let's start with Noah Brown. Played 55 snaps, ran 26 routes, had a target share of 30%. This was surprising. I would be surprised if he were to keep this up. Remember, not only do we expect Michael Gallup to be the number two receiver in this offense, but they just signed T.Y. Hilton. This is one that I don't think is going to last. I would not chase what Noah Brown's doing. Russell Gage is next. 42 snaps for him, 31 routes. That's a good amount of work. 28.6% target share. The two touchdowns are nice. 12 targets, eight catches. Maybe it sticks a little bit just because the Bucs are looking for something that works in their offense. Because Mike Evans is, is, I mean, he had a better week this week than he had in his previous five, but still not great. I don't know if I'm chasing Gage outside of the deepest of leagues. You brought up K.J. Osborne. We've seen it from Osborne over the course of his career. He played pretty much every snap for the Vikings, 54 routes. Could have been a byproduct of A, their game plan, B, the fact that they were chasing points in the second half, but uh, not somebody that I would look at and say, yeah, I got to go and get him. Uh, was there another receiver? Well, now there is. Zay Jones. Six okay, catches. we saved the best for last. 109 yards, three touchdowns. Do you think he is the guy to start over Christian Kirk if you had to choose between the two? And, Dave, I am already really nervous about recommending Jaguars at the Jets on Thursday. Uh, it's oh. They're so good on defense. It's crazy. But what do you think, Zay Jones or Christian Kirk? And do you think we're starting them in week 16? I think fantasy managers are going to start Zay Jones. Will they start him over Christian Kirk? It's not the right kind of matchup to do it because, as you mentioned, the Jets have these great outside corners, and they they get good pressure on the quarterback. They did it today, even without Quinn and Williams on the field. But if Quinnen's back, that makes it even harder on Trevor Lawrence to throw those balls down the way. But the volume has been – it's undeniable with Zay Jones. Uh, and I believe it was his first touchdown, the exact same play – that he should have had a touchdown against the Lions with, that was two games ago. So I, I think that fantasy managers aren't going to care what we say about Zay Jones. They're just going to start him. And if you've got him and you're not sure if you want to use him against the Jets in Week 16, cool. He plays Houston in Week 17. And I know that we're, you know, we've watched Houston play really good overall the past two games. I'm still not buying him. I still think that they're a team that you can score some serious points on. It's a whole year. They, they give up the, the fewest points to receivers. Uh, yeah, but I year. think that'll change. I think that'll change. I mean, yeah, Derek um, Stingley's on and, IR. Nelson was out today, and yet still, fewest points to receivers. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I think Zay Jones is absolutely going to continue to be on the radar for fantasy managers. Do I like him better than Christian Kirk next week? I don't think I'm going to say yes to that, but I think he is somebody that's going to be a – he was a top 30 receiver for me this week. Probably should have been should have been top five but he probably should have been closer to 24 than where I had him. Yeah, now going into the game, Trevor Lawrence led the NFL in end zone throws, throws that went into the end zone. And I don't think that changed because there was definitely some of those in this game. And the other smart thing that he did, he stayed away from Trayvon Diggs. 
Yeah, they, the, they the picked two on of the, the touchdowns guy. were against Kelvin Joseph. They were really smart about how they went and attacked Dallas, and they needed to get their act together because in the first half they were down twenty-one-seven and they looked like they weren't going anywhere. And they they came back and charged really hard in this game. They should be proud of themselves. Yeah, the Cowboys should not have lost. I think it was a bad loss for them. They should not have given that game away. It was the that interception. I mean, you could talk about the interception in overtime. It wasn't Dak's fault, but the one he threw in the third quarter was yeah a game changer for sure. All right, let's talk about our mega duds. You know, every week I I defend Justin Herbert, even though the big production hasn't been there. He scored eight freaking points against the Titans. Uh, he's a Terrible. mega. He's my mega dud quarterback. We got some running backs as well. But why don't you tell me? I'm going to give you the list. I want you to tell me if you're losing faith in these guys. Justin Herbert, Joe Mixon, eleven carries for 21 yards, did have five catches for 33 yards. Miles Sanders, a shockingly terrible game. He had 29 total yards and a fumble and one catch. Um, why don't we just start? Why don't we do those three? Because the next ones are sort of in a different category. But Herbert, Mixon, Miles Sanders. Herbert has the Colts. Mixon, the Patriots next week. Miles Sanders, the Cowboys. You losing faith in these guys? I'll lose a little faith in in Justin Herbert, but not enough to say that he's not a top 10 quarterback next week. There just aren't enough top 10 quarterback caliber players. And the Colts matchup should be favorable. I I feel like I feel like we learned in this game that the Chargers don't really carefully game plan for their opponents. <laughs> and the, the exa- I know that sounds silly, and I'm it sure does. I'm wrong. Yes. Okay. So let's take that back. <laughs> I, Adam, they had a whole series of goal to go plays where it was Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly, Josh Kelly running it between the guards, and they scored. But if you're really game planning and putting in a detailed game plan against the Titans, why would you run it there at the goal line multiple times? Well, in they a row? scored, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, but it took them like four times for them to do it. So it was, it was a little frustrating. And I don't know, man. Herbert should have had a much bigger game than what he had. So no, I'm sure they game planned very well. And Herbert is on one of the highest passing volume teams. The interception stunk. Uh, and he got a lot of yards on the last drive of the game. Yeah, connected with Ma- Michael Williams on a 35-yarder. It was a little crazy for him to get his... He was lucky to have the points that he did have. <laughs> Mike so, Williams in particular. And Mike Williams was about to make this list until that last drive. Yeah, Mike... I mean, listen, he, he still could because 10 PPR points isn't really that great. Now, you mentioned Joe Mixon. Yeah. We had a report on our pregame show from Tom Spencer. We mentioned his name all the time. Mm-hmm. That P. Ryan was going to start taking a little bit more work away from Mixon. The Bengals wanted to get him involved. It happened. Mixon played 61% of the snaps. P. Ryan played 40%. P. Ryan played a little bit more on third and fourth downs. Mixon dominated near the goal line. So it's not a situation where Joe Mixon is like in a true 50-50 split and you never know what his role is going to be. He still works as the running downs guy for Cincinnati. And he's still going to have opportunities at the goal line, but he's not he's not going to dominate as like a top 10 running back until he gets into matchups that are really, really good. And the matchup next week against New England, I don't think that's really, really good. And then he's got Buffalo and Baltimore after that. It's a tough schedule for mixing the rest of the way. I think you've got to treat him as a number two fantasy running back. Who was the third name? Again? Miles Sanders. My take on Miles Sanders is that what happens this week with Miles Sanders has no bearing on what happens next week with Miles Sanders. Agreed. I was just 100%. completely surprised at the way this game played out. I, I thought I bet I bet on the Eagles. You know, I don't I don't bet big, but minus eight and a half. I thought they were going to steamroll them, and and uh, it just didn't happen. And yeah, Sanders didn't. You score. know, they've also got a tough schedule the rest of the way. It's the Cowboys, it's the Saints, it's the Giants. That's not tough. 
I mean, the you same, don't think that's tough? So, well, first of all, let's not count week 18, right? Because the Giants, first, their defense stinks, but that's week 18. Um, Dallas is interesting. You know, they do have a good defense. I think the Eagles should be able to run on them, but, but the New Orleans is not. I, I think that's... New Orleans' run defense is really not good this year, Dave. I mean, look at the Falcons. Yeah, just true. Algier had over 100 yards today. Fair point, fair point. But Dallas, I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's not like matchups really matter for the Eagles. They can run on anyone, and it's just like like Jalen Hurts had three rushing touchdowns, anyone. right? He had three rushing touchdowns. Those could have been Miles Sanders' touchdowns. Not the, They not tried the to make one, one of them a Miles Sanders yeah. touchdown toward the end of the game, and Sanders couldn't get in on a couple of tries, and then they said, all right, Jalen Hurts it is. So Jalen Hurts ran on Chicago, but his rushing average was worse than Miles Sanders, and Sanders averaged 3.8. They only gave him 11 carries. It was a little surprising. I thought Sanders would get a little bit more work, but I agree with you. He's still a running back that I'm really comfortable starting. Probably going to take him ahead of Mixon in non-PPR, to be honest with you. Uh, here Here are Miles Sanders' PPR fantasy points when he does not score a touchdown. Oh, this will be good. 11.6. And then the rest of them are all 8.4 or fewer. So there's been six games where he hasn't scored a touchdown. 11.6, 5.4, 8.4, 5.4, 5. 5.8, 1.9. But I, I really don't have any regrets starting him. I have no regrets telling people to start him. This was the type of game where he should have had a really good game. And sometimes, you know, sports happens and things don't go the way we feel. It's Fonte Adams. He's on the Mega Duds list. Dalton Schultz is on the Mega Duds list. Those two guys, uh, Adams had four catches for 28 yards against the Patriots. Dalton Schultz had two catches for 15 yards. It was wide open, and for some reason, Dak Prescott decided to make a more difficult throw in the end zone to Noah Brown. Yeah, yep. And Greg Dulcich had one catch for 11 yards, um, where Eric Tomlinson caught a touchdown for the Broncos. But I think we could get away from Dulcich, but... Uh, what do you think about Adams? Is oh, he's fine, right? Just get that out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots always do a good job of taking away a team's number one receiver. Uh, I don't know how the Steelers are going to do that next week. So Devontae Adams should certainly be in line uh, how for about, a, a real good game. How about Dalton Schultz here? Two catches, fifteen yards. He's he's had some of these the last five games. He's had three games with fewer than six PPR fantasy points. Dalton Schultz. So what do you look for from a fantasy tight end? It's almost the same thing that we talk about with any other position. You want guys, they're going to play a lot, get a lot of targets, get some opportunities near the goal line. And it just it didn't work out his way this week. I think most weeks he is in that type of position where he gets decent target volume and the chance to score a touchdown. And I think that'll continue for him against Philly next week. They're going to need him against Philly. There's yeah. no question about it. That's, that's going to be a very interesting game. Because yeah. the Cowboys trying to cling to hopes of winning the division, they need to win just for their own playoff sake, obviously. And Philadelphia wants to put them away, earn that one seed. Um, is that division not over? I guess it's not. The Cowboys would have to win out, and the Eagles would have to lose out. The Eagles are right. very, very close to. In fact, I think if they win next week, they wrap up the one seed. I'm pretty sure because they they have a two game edge on the Vikings and the tiebreaker. So. Right. One more so, win or a Vikings loss and it's over. And uh, and then and then there's going to be questions about what do you do with your Eagles in true, week actually. 17. And my guess is that they will play most of their starters most of the game week 17 against yeah. the Saints. Uh I think if the Eagles lose and the Niners win next week, that would put the Eagles at 11 and 2, or 13 and 2, the Niners at Four losses, so blah, blah, whatever. The Eagles are going to get the one seed. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to our winners and losers. Dave's number one winner was Jarek McKinnon. 
Um, the other two are Saturday guys, Saturday night guys. Raheem Mostert, Saturday Night Live. Raheem Mostert, <laughs> uh, 156 total yards at Buffalo. Hell yeah! And Dawson Knox, uh, two pretty solid games in a row, but this one was outstanding. 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, is that right? Is that right against Miami? That's right. Okay, because I thought I, I mean I'll double check for you notes. if you really want to know, but no, I'll do it. But go ahead and talk about Mostert and Knox. Yeah, six catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown for Dawson Knox. I'll start with Knox. He's just been involved the last couple of weeks, and you've seen it from Buffalo's offense. They're looking for someone to help take some pressure off of Stephon Diggs. It hasn't been Gabriel Davis. They just brought back Cole Beasley. They need somebody in this offense to step up and be that guy, and it looks like Dawson Knox is going to get that opportunity. So as tight ends go, uh, you know, we just talked about it with Dalton Schultz, the fact that like if Dalton Schultz gets six targets and maybe gets open in the end zone. That's a startable fantasy tight end. Well, Dawson Knox is doing more than that, and he's got a hell of a quarterback to do it with, and they've got Chicago in week 16. So Dawson Knox, you'll find him in my top 12, maybe even top eight, maybe even top six. What the hell, man? He's been involved. It's going to be easy to go and make an argument to start Dawson Knox next week. And as for Raheem Mostert, you knew that the Dolphins had to do something different with their offense, and what they did was run the football, and in the first half, and really throughout the whole game, Adam, I, I thought Mostert looked great. Yeah. And if Jeff Wilson's really out, good. then Mostert's going to be a dynamite, must-start type of fantasy running back for them. Well, and they've got the Packers at home next week on Christmas. Yeah. I think that's a good matchup for them, uh, followed by the Patriots and then the Jets in Week 18. I, but, you know, it, the bigger question to me, like, obviously, it's easy to start him if Wilson plays. I think he's. I mean, I think I'm. You mean Wilson doesn't play? Yeah, yeah. But if Wilson's out, I I think think, I still think he's a start if Wilson plays. Yeah, I think he's the number one guy now. I I would think he'd be the number one guy now. Raheem Mostert. Um, Okay, we're gonna. And it's crazy to think that he lost a touchdown to Ahmed in the game. (laughs) Yes, he did. Because Ahmed just right place, right time type of thing. That game, that Bills Dolphins game was very much the game of the useless fantasy touchdowns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, you had no, like Diggs didn't score, Gabe Davis didn't score, uh, but yeah, actually, then then Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill got going. But who caught some of those touchdowns for the Bills? It's like their backup tight end. Uh, I forget. It was it was useless. But okay, uh, let's go to your losers here. Amari Cooper was at home. What? And we had nine point eight fantasy points against Baltimore. It's so funny that it was. You know, you should draft Amari Cooper. He might not be that good, but then when Deshaun Watson comes back, he's going to win you your league. And, and it's, it's the been opposite. the exact opposite. And then he, so then Heath was like, "No, oh, Dave Montgomery's the best running back I've ever seen." I was like, Heath, I've always liked David Montgomery, and you try to sit him, and I was like, "No, you should start him." It's uh, uh, is that how it works? Is that how it went, Heath? Sorry. You know, I. I think you took some unnecessary crap on Twitter today, and I almost felt bad about it, especially when you said that it didn't have anything to do with YPC. That's something. You're right. It didn't have anything to do with YPC. You said David Montgomery was a bad running back. You didn't say he had a bad YPC. You said <laughs> he was a, a bad running it back. It had a little bit to do with YPC. It was more about the Eagles. It was it was an Eagles matchup. Um, but, yeah, he, had, he only had 12 carries, so I did kind of get that part right. You were basically right about David Montgomery this week. I agree, except for the two touchdowns. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> And the 4.4 yards per carry. Which was a shock, which seems like it was a mistake of the box score. But um, All right, Dave, your losers are Amari Cooper, Chris Olave, and Deontay Foreman, who you already talked about. But do you have faith in Cooper next week against the Saints and Olave next week at the Browns? They'll be facing each other. 
and it's funny how it works out that way. I will have more faith in Olave than I will in Cooper. It's three games now of Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson, and it's three games below 10 PPR points. So a little frustrating. And he was close to scoring against the Ravens, but it didn't happen. And it's not just New Orleans. It's also Washington two games after that. Pittsburgh to wrap up the season. Not the I, I think it's not the easiest schedule in the world for Amari Cooper. I would I just I can't consider him anything more than a flex moving forward. So I'm downgrading expectations for him. And I'm downgrading expectations for Olave. You know, one guy who's been playing a lot and doing a lot for the Saints lately. It had been Rashid Shahid. And then Jawan Johnson came mm-hmm. out of nowhere and scored two touchdowns today. They're finding guys to throw to who aren't getting the type of coverage that Olave was getting. And it's hurting Olave, and it sucks for his fantasy prospects. But I think New Orleans has some options in their passing game as they finish up the stretch. And I think they're going to want to see what they have in Shahid and in Jawan Johnson to wrap up the year. I, I actually think, well... I don't know necessarily that they're going to focus on developing Shahid and Juwan Johnson at the expense of their first round rookie. I think they're probably more interested in seeing what they have in Chris Olave. But um, okay, um, but Juwan Johnson, I, I'm actually a little bit more interested in mm-hmm. his most recent game. He got hurt and played the 49ers. Yeah, only played forty percent of the forty seven percent of the snaps. But the three games before that, he was in the forties in terms of yards and had a touchdown in each of those. And it had to, had scored in four of his last five games. Yeah, he's probably really close to a top twelve tight end, in like since week six. Yeah, yeah it's probably yeah. true. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about it is that Johnson went from a guy who was kind of making plays in garbage time, like like after the fact type of plays, and then he started to get involved in the offense overall, and it's been encouraging. And as for them trying to develop these guys, I don't know if "develop" is the right word that I would use for. Shahid and Jawan Johnson. It's just to see what they have in them. They know Olave is going to be a part of the team next year, and they've been de- trying to develop Olave all year long. Have you looked at his numbers in his last six games? He's had one game in his last six, and it might be seven now, where he's been below fifteen. A lot of them below twelve PPR fantasy points. Yeah. To me, I, I don't know how you can trust him. Well, they don't yeah. throw much, it, and they, they he threw twenty-one passes today. I think right. Looking at his last six games before this week, he had 10, 13, 7, 21, 11, 10. Yeah, That's I, don't st- I don't want to start that. It's, well, I thought playing a be- two wide receiver league without a flex. Sure. I mean, who's no, little, you'll start little, him if it's a three receiver league with a flex. He was a little bit better than Chris Moore. But I think if you look at, uh, if you look at him the last six games, he had that one huge play against the Rams. He's just really not doing much. He hasn't scored it. it. That's that's basically been his only impactful moment in the last six games. I just don't. I don't think we can call Chris Olave a must start. No, not okay. a must start. I just think you're probably. I mean, it just depends on the depth of your league. Yeah. He's definitely not a start in a two wide receiver league where you don't have a flex. If I can make it to the next week where I have Olave, I'll have a tough decision between him and Christian Kirk against the Jets. So that's not a tough decision. That is a very. I, I mean, come on! The Jets are 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 awesome, man. You don't think? And it, what what Kirk do today? He ended up with a pretty good game. I think he had about seven. He needed every points. bit of it yeah. in the fourth quarter. All right, he's he was struggling a bit. All right, six let's for take a break. 10 targets. Let's take a break here and uh, let's uh, we'll come back. We'll recap all the games. We'll get some believe it or nots from Heath and much more. We'll be right back on fantasy football today. 
All right, let's go to the games, guys. We have uh, more games than we've had since week four, I guess. No buys this week. So, Heath, we're going to start with the Saturday games and the biggest comeback of all time. And I do hate to derail the show because I just said, like, let's, you know, get whatever. But I have to ask, nobody has had an answer for me, and I want to know if you know. If the Vikings had come back, tied the game, and lost would it st- in overtime, <laughs> let's say, would it still have been the biggest comeback in NFL history? Because they did technically come back, right? I don't think it counts. I think it would. I think it would have been. But we don't. Nobody knows. All right, Heath. What do we got? Believe I'm it or not, I'm trying to think about who I would ask for that at the NFL. Minnesota 39, Indianapolis 36. Um. Oh, I know that one's rude. It's just trying to start a fight. I'm not gonna say that one. Um, <laughs> well, I can't even imagine. Uh, believe it or not, we should never use um, healthiness as a reason to draft num- running back number one overall. Game. Oh, oh I that love was the, the only argument for drafting Taylor over McCaffrey. It wasn't the only argument, but it was part of the argument. And it, it's, I think it's, I think I believe it. You've got to look at the whole picture with running backs, but there, there's also something to be said for being comfortable with the player that you're going to take at number one overall or with any of your picks. No one wants to take a player where you're squeamish and you go, oh, but this guy's been hurt a lot and I don't know if he can stay healthy and here's another player that hasn't. Okay, that's how I felt. I felt like I was you, taking you know, a that big wasn't chance like there was- with McCaffrey. I think Taylor, Taylor was the number one pick. Oh, yeah. He was. He was the consensus oh, yeah. number one, and it was yeah. for good reason. He, he was amazing the year before. Yeah. He was, in my but, opinion, the best running back coming into the league. He, yeah. he was he, he was he's an, he was an outstanding talent who got beat up quite a bit this year, and his team wasn't as good as we thought it would be. Okay. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think people. This is really going to scare people off of running backs from number one. I, I think there's a very good chance Justin Jefferson is number one pick next year in mm-hmm. PPR leagues. Uh, so for this game, Michael Pittman had the 30 rushing yards. That was nice. I'm trying to think of any takeaways. Are you guys? I think the biggest takeaway is if like what do we want to do with Zach Moss and Deion Jackson next week if, if yeah. there's no Taylor? We did. We talked about that earlier, but let's talk about it again here. Um, who do you prefer? Dave prefers Zach Moss. I would prefer Moss, but I am hopeful that if I'm in the semifinals of the fantasy playoffs, I don't need to use either one. This might want be one of those where you uh, just sabotage by let somebody, letting somebody else pick them up and hopefully start them against you. Do you know who they're playing? Chargers. The Chargers. <laughs> so, <laughs> that makes things a little more interesting, huh? A little. I still don't think Zach Moss is going to be good. I was hope it was trending toward Deion Jackson until his fumble, and then because like Moss just wasn't really doing anything, and then Jackson put the ball on the ground. All right, let me ask you one more question about this game. Um, uh, Michael Pittman, do you think he is a like compare him to Chris Olave and and Christian Kirk? Is he behind those guys? About the same? Depends on the matchups. About the same. I'll put him ahead of Olave and in the same range as Kirk. Can I confess something to you guys? I am struggling yep. so much right now. I am so nervous about this Giants huh. game. I just, oh yeah, I am freaking out of watching it, and I I can't even breathe properly right now. Like this is you want to finish the show <laughs> no, for you? No, no, I'm having fun. Can, but... I, can I tell you one thing? <sighs> yeah. No matter the result of this game, the Giants will still be 
in position to be a playoff team. In Did position. the Commanders just punt from the Giants 34? No, I don't think so. Did they? I'm, I'm just I looking thought. at the game tracker. Uh, yes. Television oh, wow. Me. They punt it is 100% true. That's almost enough to make me cheer for the Giants. And then the Giants returned it to the 30. <laughs> okay, uh, anyway, let's go to uh, the Browns and the Ravens. This was arguably the worst game of the of the week. Uh, Heath, what do we got for Cleveland-Baltimore? So we talked about Amari Cooper. We've probably done enough on, um, well, I guess, believe it or not, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the best Browns pass catcher rest of the season. Mm, I don't quite believe it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's a Browns pass catcher. I don't know if there's a Browns wide receiver that I'm going to be excited to start. The answer is no, there isn't one. And this, the only yeah, Browns sorry. pass catcher that I'll start is Najoku because of his position. It was only four targets for Donovan Peoples-Jones. His touchdown was not exactly what you'd expect. It was like a short area catch and run. Yeah. Oh, uh, gosh. Would you start Najoku over Mark Andrews next week? Let's say Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson's back, does Mark Andrews become, you know, an, does he a top five tight end again? Yeah. I think so. What do you guys think about J.K. Dobbins? It's Atlanta. Uh, I'm excited about Dobbins. Still leading the Ravens run game. I wish he had played more snaps in in the game against Cleveland. And I wonder if third game back from the injury, he actually does play more snaps and actually has a chance to have a really good game against the Falcons. Okay. Um, Nick Chubb, you know, he got his work. 21 carries, 99 yards. At least we couldn't even get 100 rushing (laughs) yards. Come on, Nick Chubb. But they were competitive, you know. They had been getting blown out and that had been hurting him. So if they can stay in the game, you're going to get the workload, I think. Uh, Buffalo 32, Miami 29. Believe it or not, Raheem Mostert is a must-start running back if Jeff Wilson is out. Yeah, I believe that for sure. We talked about that already. But what about if Jeff Wilson is in Eve? No. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not even 100% sure I want to go must start if Jeff Wilson is out because there's always the possibility that Mike McDaniels is going to decide it's a single-digit rush attempt game. All right, believe it or not, or buy or sell, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is a must start. He only scored 21 fantasy points. He gets the Packers next week. Is Tua, Tua Tonga-Vailoa is a must start, buy or sell? You're not picking anybody up up to start over him, right? So you might have a second quarter. Like you could have Tua and Lawrence, and want to start Lawrence over him. Um, there's lots of quarterbacks you could have with Tua that you'd be starting over him. But your your level of confidence in Tua going forward seven. That's exactly what I was going to say. Seven out of ten. Okay, I think my uh, someone said in our chat. By the way, Heath, it's very windy in Washington, so that might be why they. Eskewed the field goal. Um, your level of confidence in Jalen Waddle? Ten. You're going to start him as a number two receiver because he's capable of huge plays, just like Tyreek Hill. He just doesn't get as many. What? Where does he rank on the season? You know, I'll tell you why I'm rooting for him to finish at or near the top five because I had that awesome stat going into the game where. There had been a wide receiver drafted like between 39 and 50 that's finished top five in seven <coughs> of the last 10 years or something like that. There's just almost always one that finishes top five. Last year it was Cup. The year before it was Diggs, I think, or I don't know. Um, he is wide receiver nine right now. Okay, so he's the, the he's our yeah. only hope. No doubt about it. He's our only hope for that, for, for, uh, for top five. Uh, Gabe Davis, are we done? They have yeah. Chicago next week. 
I think he's shot play type of receiver. We already talked about this one too, about how Dawson Knox appears to be somebody who is carving out a role as the number two pass catcher in the offense ahead of Gabe Davis. I would try and move on from Gabe Davis. He'll be around 30 probably next week. New Orleans 21, Atlanta 18. Desmond Ritter threw for 97 yards in this game. And like I said, uh, Drake London had 70 of them. Uh, What do you got for New Orleans and Atlanta? I've got one for each team. Believe Mm -hmm. it or not, the Saints have two starting fantasy tight ends. (laughs) I believe it. no. No way. Taysom Hill's production is so fluky. Who? Okay. I'd like for you to just start listing out yes. all the tight ends who are reliable fantasy starters. And they're more reliable than him, but okay. Um, he is currently, I think, like tight end three or four on the season. Tyler, oh, who? Taysom Hill? terrible position. Taysom Hill is? I'm pulling it up. Wow, that would surprise me. Uh, I would start Dawson Knox over him. I would start CJ Uzama, two touchdowns over. No, I wouldn't. Uh, no, you would not. I would, Get out of I, here. Would, I would. I would. I would start Hayden Hurst if he's back. I would start Mark Andrews, David oh. Njoku, Pat Fryermuth. I don't know what happened to Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth. I would start Oconquo if uh, if I probably not because Bate Burke should be back. I would he start tight end two in non PPR on the year so and tight end nine in full PPR. Oh wow. I would start uh, Evan Ingram ahead of him. I would start Travis Kelsey. So I would why start Gerald is, Everett why do PPR. Taysom Hill's bad games bother you so much more than Evan Ingram's bad games or than Hayden Hurst's bad games? I just think the production is fluky. I just think there's there's no solidified role. What he did today, I can't bank on that. What he did last week, I definitely can't bank on because I think he did it because Jawan Johnson didn't play. He caught a long touchdown. You know, it's just, it's you just can't too bank fluky. You can't bank on anything at this position outside of Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is the only thing you can bank on. I, that doesn't mean that that there's only one tight end that's better than than Taysom Hill. He is by far the flukiest fantasy producer of the season. But who has more weekly upside than Taysom Hill? Most people. Evan Ingram certainly does. Are we talking PPR here? Because the guy usually catches zero passes. But he has multiple 20-point games this season, right? Uh, it's possible. But I'm sorry, like, I... I'm not moved by it. I understand if you are, you can recognize that upside. I just don't think there's enough of a solidified, predictable role, and he's got more downside than just about any tight end. I, I think if everybody has a downside of four, then Taysom Hill's downside of zero is not that frightening. May I, may I make a comment about Hill and then another comment about the position in general? Yeah. This is the fifth straight game Taysom Hill's played at least 40% of the snaps. He's a considerable part of the New Orleans Saints offense. They're using him in many different ways every different week, and he's finding the end zone or making splash plays on several of his touches. So Heath is nailing this one, especially when you've got tight ends like uh, Dalton Schultz, Mark Andrews. Of course I would start them over him. You wouldn't start Dalton Schultz and Mark Andrews over Taysom Hill? I would, but the downside with them is not that far off from the downside of Taysom Hill. If Taysom Hill is playing 40% of the snaps, then he's not going to ever be in a position where he's only going to get one carry for three yards, and that's all you get out of him unless he gets hurt, and then he's not playing 40% of the snaps. So I think that there's absolutely a case for Taysom Hill to be a streamable tight end if you're unhappy with your I tight agree end with that. I just don't think he's a must start. I don't he's he, he's definitely in the maybe yes, start. Yes, you did. You said they have didn't you say they have two must start tight ends? I, no, I said they have two starting tight ends. I don't really know what the difference is. 
What if I said two start of all Titans? Then I would say yes. Okay, so it's the phrase. <laughs> yeah, I, he's not a must start. We agree on I'd that. I'd like to make the following suggestion slash recommendation to put into the fantasy football leagues everywhere. When Travis Kelsey retires, fantasy football retires the tight end position <laughs> no from their way. leagues. Kyle Pitts will be we good. Get rid then. of it. They're oh, included with wide receivers, or you just use them as flexes. No, Dave, that's over. the worst. That is the worst. That, that, that's the worst okay. thing you said. All right, Believe back to this not, game. Yeah. Tyler Algier will be a, the starting running back for the Falcons and fantasy managers next year. No. Mm, I don't believe it. Here's what I believe. He'll be part of a committee. It's going to suck. Someone's going to take him in round nine. They're going to cut him in round nine. Someone else is going to pick him up. He'll score for like two, three weeks straight. You'll love him then, and then he'll whiff for two weeks because he's not getting enough playing time, and you'll be frustrated with the Falcons' run game. The Falcons draft Bijan Robinson, and that's <laughs> it for Tyler Algier. All right. If they draft Bijan Robinson, then I t- Kyle Pitts will not be a top twelve tight end for me. Yeah, <laughs> and Arthur Smith will get fired because that's exactly the type of pick they don't need. Jacksonville forty, Dallas thirty four. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, Zay Jones is the best wide receiver in Jacksonville. Uh, you're kind of late to the party. Can you do another one? Because we already talked about that. Wait, Believe I want to know if you believe that, Heath. I think it will probably change week to week. There you go. It's good for Lawrence. Um, what's that? It's good for Lawrence. He's got two, uh, maybe three solid options now. But, okay, sorry. Let's do another. You want me to do one or you got it? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, you go ahead. Uh, believe it or not, Zeke is the best running back for the Cowboys in fantasy. No, not so believe he it. Had fewer carries, fewer catches, but scored a touchdown. No, I don't believe it. Well, what but happened? you can what almost again, you can man. write in ink every week that Ezekiel Elliott's going to score. And again, Pollard had a goal line carry, and again he went nowhere. And again, Zeke came in, and I think did Zeke score after that? I can't remember if that was the drive, but. It's, I don't think so. Yeah. I can check. But Zeke did you. score at one point in this game. Oh, no, I don't think it will. I think you're right, Dave. Um, all right, that's it for that game. You know, CeeDee Lamb is really interesting. He's, you would love to see more targets from a wide receiver one. He has uh, five to seven targets in six of his last eight games, but he typically comes through. We talked about Schultz a little bit earlier. Nice to see Travis Etienne get going again. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess if you want now, you know, we have time to talk about it, but I, I do think it'll be a little bit more interesting against the uh, Jets on Thursday. But um, all right. Kansas City 30 and Houston 24. Another uh, surprising effort by the Texans. Good for them. But Kansas City with the 30 24 win. Uh, believe it or not, Jarek McKinnon's going to be a uh, top 20 running back rest of the season. Believe it. Oh, we, sure. we talked about this already, too, Heath. Well, that's really good. It sounds like <laughs> do, you, Adam, do you believe it? Because the same thing that he always does and talks about all the believe it or nots, even though I'm not I even here. I didn't see him. I didn't see you, him. We, you guys should probably just do the believe it or nots and I'll react. Uh, well, we we had a uh, surprise. Doesn't make much sense for me to keep doing it. Um, what do you think? Let's talk about Juju. Hard or Hardman did not play. He'll play hopefully next week. Tony was a non-factor. Juju had ten catches for eighty-eight yards on ten targets. So now in his last six healthy games. I think he has scored 18.8 or more fantasy points in five of those six healthy games. Uh, so, yeah, so that's 
That's really good. Do you view Juju as a must-start, like, say, top 15 guy? No, I think that's too strong. Top let's 20. let's call him top 24, maybe top 20 in full PPR. Okay. All right. Um, Chris Moore had nine targets. If Collins and Cooks are out next week, is he a number three receiver? He only I think he had four for 42 in the first half and didn't catch a ball in the second half, I think. It is Tennessee next week. Could be a no, game where they can forward. actually win throwing the football. All right. You, you could do worse, but not a great option. I, all those guys we were poo-pooing earlier that are not starting what Chris Olave's, the Christian Kirk's, the, the all those like all those guys are still no, of course. Way right, ahead right. of them. Uh Philadelphia twenty five, Chicago twenty. Um, I'm going to just say don't do a Miles Sanders one. <laughs> oh, good. okay, fair. Uh, believe it or not, David Montgomery is going to be a league-winning running back for the third year in a row. I knew you were going to go to Montgomery. Um, I, think I'll, I think I'll agree. I'm a little bit nervous about Khalil Herbert coming back and taking some pretty serious work away from Montgomery. But that's really it. I, I think everything else is setting up for Montgomery to be – even with Herbert back, 60% of the snaps, 15 touches, goal line guy. Don't really fear the matchup against Buffalo that much for him. You got the and toughest matchup in fantasy in the championship, though. Yeah, against Detroit. <laughs> Eight straight games with single-digit PPR. Oh, did Carter? Carter didn't get double-digit PPR today, did he? Bam certainly uh, did not. I don't think he did. Uh, I, think, I don't uh, think league winner, Heath. I think, you know... Uh, top 15, but not not having huge games, but Did having solid games. Did you see my games. stats on him? No. He was RB2 in the fantasy playoffs in 2020. He was RB3 in the fantasy playoffs last year. Wow. And he wow. started off this year with 24 fantasy points in week 15. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, okay, let's go to, uh, well... No Dallas Goddard in this game, so I think that hopefully that gave you a lot of confidence in Devontae Smith. He and A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown came through. Jalen Hurts was uh, amazing for fantasy in what started out as a bad game for him, and he's just incredible. Uh, how about Pittsburgh 24, Carolina 16? Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, you can cut Deontay Foreman. <laughs> I was going to say. Believe it. <laughs> don't do it, Deontay Foreman. one. Uh I'm this not going to cut this him. Was I'm the, not going to cut the, him. Did you get the theme of the week right? What was it? The theme of the week was fooled you from all these crappy running backs that we'd been starting that we didn't draft as starters, that we'd picked up off the waiver wire, or they'd been somewhat handcuffed, and they all just completely pooped the bed this week. Uh, yeah, you're kind of right. Would you say that about Pacheco? Because Pacheco... But Pacheco well, pooped on. about as much as any of them. He fumbled, Pacheco pooped but he, the bed, but he didn't poop as bad as Foreman. <laughs> Raheem, Most, Raheem Mostert pooped a beautiful golden egg. We hadn't been starting him. He doesn't. He was, he was the opposite. He was the fool you on the bench. In starting him, and they might have done Not so recently. in terms of being desperate for a running back. No, he hadn't been started the last couple of weeks. I don't think. What was the start percent? I'm sure it was low this week. Uh, I wouldn't really go by start percentages at this point, but it was 35 percent. Okay, well, that's still pretty good if half of the people playing on CBS aren't playing anymore because we're in the playoffs. Well, but half the people that had might have had him stuck in their starting lineup from when they right. last played. I don't don't really ruin know. my vibe here, Heath. Come yeah. on. <laughs> I, I'm not cutting Deontay Foreman. They had the ball for 23, to, for just under 24 minutes. Well, that doesn't sound like the Panthers at all. 
It, not <laughs> recently. Um, he still had more. Did he have more carries than Chubbard? He did. He did had six more Ten carries. carries for Foreman, and he had they a, went nowhere. He had a few. Yeah, he had a horrible game, but he did Foreman have a few touchdown out. opportunities. He got stuffed. I want to say three times inside the five yard line. So no, I'm if not that's the case, and that's consecutive weeks where that's happened, Carolina is going to need a new gimmick when they get down there. Okay, well, I don't know. They should, they should, let's put it this way: you, you don't have to you don't have to spike drop him, but he's droppable at best right now. He's really good running back bench depth for your team. I mean, there's no way I'm starting him against the Lions. I obviously no, really think the Lions a are game. a good matchup. And but it's also a bad matchup, rather. But it's a good matchup for DJ Moore, and here he comes with a big game. <laughs> I can't stand this. Seventy-three yards and a touchdown on six targets, and he gets the Lions next week. Are we back in on DJ Moore? He's in that group with all the guys we were downgrading earlier. The highest Moore, top Moore. <laughs> okay, um, but that's interesting to put him in a group with Christian Kirk and Chris Olave. That's a big change from. This, well, this week. it's an upgrade. He's he's been in the wide receiver twenty five range three or four different times this season, mm-hmm. um, moving various directions. He his target share bounced back. I bet Darnold throws more than twenty three times next week against the Lions. I think I'd be comfortable starting him as at least a flex. Deontay Johnson had about eighteen PPR fantasy points. I think his best game of the year. Yeah, nineteen. Nineteen. And all of his best games have come with Mitchell Trubisky. Do you need to see Trubisky at quarterback to start? Uh, to st- he had 19.8. Yeah. I'm sorry. I undersold him. 10 catches for 98 yards. Do you need to see Trubisky at quarterback to start Deontay Johnson next week against the Raiders? Mm-hmm. It's 100 total yards for him. He had two yards rushing. Good for Deontay uh, Johnson finally hitting the century mark. I would feel much more confident starting him if it's Trubisky. I don't think it will be. I think he's a high-end number three with Trubisky, a low-end number three with Pickett. Detroit 20 and the Jets 17. Uh, speaking of the theme of the week, Jamal Williams and Zonovan Knight. Thank you guys very much. Believe it or not, you should keep starting Garrett Wilson, even with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I think you can, but I, I think this is the type of game you should expect from him where he doesn't catch, he roughly he does catch roughly half of his targets and uh, makes some big plays. I He had a couple of games. We talked about this on the show this morning, 17 PPR points in two of his past three with Zach Wilson, but only two of, I think, six games with Wilson. He's it's nice games. for Garrett Wilson. I think he's a high-end number three receiver. I'm ready to start him over Olave. I, I think he's, for me, he's a number two if Corey Davis is out and a number three if Davis is in. Because he's played four games with Wilson and no Corey Davis. And he's now scored 17, 17, 13, and then had the terrible game at New England. Yeah, and now it's Jacksonville, and I just don't think Jacksonville's past defense is anything good, as the Cowboys would probably agree with us on. I didn't think that Zach Wilson was particularly good. No. no. It, it, it felt like every other – it felt like he had three types of throws today. The first throw is just way off target. What is he doing on a football field? The second one is, holy cow, this guy has got an unbelievable arm because he can chuck it 55 yards downfield, and he's got a receiver that camps out under the ball and makes a great play. And then the third one is, he actually looks like a quarterback, confidently drops back, good footwork throws. So he's still very inconsistent. It's a step up from where he was. 
If he starts against Jacksonville, it does give me hope that Garrett Wilson can get near 15 PPR points again. And, and credit to Zach Wilson. He had 22 fantasy points and threw for 317 yards and averaged 9.1 yards per attempt today. Yeah, He didn't look very good doing it. No, he did not. No. That interception he threw was absolutely laugh, laughable. Yes. And then the completion to Michael Carter on the loopy ball <laughs> that, that was even worse than the interception. Uh, just yep. unprofessional. I'm okay. not sure he was worse than Tom Brady, though. Brady first half was pretty good, and then gosh, second half was, was embarrassing for the. Bucks. Yeah, Any, anybody else would have gotten benched. Um, well, not Mahomes, but Mahomes wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. If Zach Wilson had done that, Zach Wilson would have been benched if they didn't have a banged up quarterback. Anything else on this game? Who caught two uh, touchdowns for the Jets, Dave? CJ Uzama! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to the afternoon games. Denver 24, Arizona 15. Uh, believe it or not, if Trace McSorley is starting, you cannot start an Arizona Cardinal. Oh, I don't wow. believe it. I'll still start Connor. What about Hopkins? And I'll probably still start Hopkins, but it, it'll be ugly. The, this offense, like if you look at the numbers, it's disgusting, and they had garbage time. <laughs> and I want to repeat that. They had garbage time against the Broncos. <laughs> this might be the worst team in football right now. I think They're I would terrible. bet on the Texans if they were playing the Texans. I think I would too. The Texans play a lot harder than Arizona has, and it stinks because, well, not everybody on Arizona, but just they're, they're brutal. Um, Marquise Brown, three. Tampa Bay next week with Trace McSorley at quarterback? Oh, gosh. Well, Tampa Someone's Bay, have to watch that game. you know, they shouldn't have. That's the thing about Mixon that's so disappointing. It's you, you, without Vita Vea, this really shouldn't have been that tough of a matchup for Joe Mixon. It's, he's been a big difference maker for them. I would like to give some credit to Tampa Bay's defense. I probably watched more of oh, that yeah. late game than any other. They showed up today. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. let down by Tom Brady, but they, they were shutting that Bengals offense down. And then Tom Brady gave the, the Bengals the ball in their own territory four times in the second four. half. Yes. Well, Absolutely one of them was happened. Fournette, right? I mean, did that go to Brady? But it was, it was. I don't know whose fault. No, it was. it's it's Brady. It's Brady sh- like tossing the ball into was it? Fournette's chest. I, I thought right. he, he might have been throwing the game. Um, Carlton Davis played really well on Jamar Chase. Uh, that was a great yeah. battle. He did a great job on him. There were two different times where they ran someone in motion to find out if they, if Davis had help on Chase and found out they didn't and then tried to go to Chase and Davis shut him down. This is how yeah. terrible the Cardinals-Broncos game was because <laughs> now we're talking about a completely different game. Well, all right, how about Latavius Murray? Um, now I, I think it's... Eight of the last nine running backs have scored 17 or more PPR fantasy points against the Cardinals, but Murray had a huge game. 25 touches, 142 total yards. Does this mean anything for you against the Rams next week? Um, I'm mildly intrigued in using him. I don't think I can talk about it without cursing. It should also be noted, I don't know the third down snaps. Dave, you can probably look that up, but Marlon Mack had four catches. Yeah, I got it. And Latavius only had one. Okay, I can do it. I'm a big person. I started Isaiah Pacheco, Zonovan Knight, and Deontay Foreman, and Miles Sanders in the Scott Fishbowl, and had Latavius Murray on my bench. Uh, oh, I'm so, yeah, I can understand Latavius why Latavius Murray scored Kirk's. more points than all of them. So you're out? Yeah. Am I, I going to make it, Heath? Am I going to be the last one? I have not. He, he, he just told you that he's out. He's obviously upset about it, and your first question is, hey, am I going to make it? Hey, uh, he, can uh, you look it I'll up look to see how I I know you don't have access to that page. No, I'm going to look now. I don't understand how it works. 
I'll look. Uh, Latavius any, Murray any? played eight of eleven snaps on third and fourth down, three and four snaps inside the ten. Mac was lucky to score what he did. Murray is the lead back for the Broncos. I'm plus forty three right now, Heath. You're in. All right, going to the semifinals. That's pretty cool. That's you won't make cool. it past that. Oh, again. <laughs> what? Have some sympathy. <laughs> He's undefeated in the IDP league. Come That's on. That's not the same thing. Did you win in the IDP league? I don't know. I'm afraid to check. I had Trevor. I think you're muted. I had Trevor I'm Lawrence. Right I now. went against uh, Jalen Hurts. I, I think I had a very good week, so at least I can be proud of that. I started David Montgomery, of course. I can't wait to tell you that you're down. Am I favored? You are you are losing to Bob Harris. Yeah, he's very good. By more than 25 points. You still have Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. He still has Van Jefferson. Oh, okay. We got a chance here. You, you, got you, chance. Have, you have two Washington uh, defensive linemen playing tonight as well. And a linebacker. I think I have four commanders on defense. You do. All right, Las like Vegas. chances. Las Vegas 30, New England 24. That Don't talk the about dumbest. the last play of the game, Heath. We've that was the dumbest that. thing I've ever seen. <laughs> ever? Okay. Um, pretty oh, dumb. no. I was talking about Mac Jones playing quarterback. <laughs> the, the ending was, was bad, too. <laughs> uh, thanks to a listener, we're calling it Myers Remorse. Myers Remorse is fantastic. Mac Jones should have been benched. Is Bailey Zappi hurt or something? I don't know, but no, right, he might get the he might get the nod next week. Thirty-one pass attempts for hundred and twelve yards. <laughs> His QB rating was against 52. the Raiders. He didn't have Devontae Parker. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones passing the ball is what Adam says. David Montgomery is running the ball. Yeah, well, it wasn't good for him for sure. But Ramondre Stevenson, I hope you started him. He was started in forty percent of leagues, and he had hundred and seventy-two mm-hmm. yards and a touchdown. Uh, only two catches, but amazing game for Who him. Who cares? Awesome stat line. Uh, uh, believe it yeah. or not, Devontae Adams is in trouble now that Waller and Renfro are back. Not ready to say he's in trouble when he still had nine targets and he was playing the Patriots. I already talked about this. You can rewind. Well, it. but we didn't bring up. We didn't do the the. Um, we didn't do that angle of it though. The Waller Renfro angle. They combined for what four it, targets? No, seven it was targets. a below 25% target share for Devontae Adams, and he's been at a 35% target share for the year. So it was, And I was surprised. There were multiple times late in that game on the final drive. I'm not sure that Carr even looked Adams' way on most of those plays. Yeah, I, I felt like Carr was just like half-assing it. Like a lot of those throws, I it just it it felt very Jay Cutler-esque to me. And then he just came alive at the very end. I, I don't think there's going to be very many weeks where Keelan Cole is catching deep passes or that Mac Hollins is going to continue to see eight targets. That was a shocker. I'm good with Devontae Adams as a number one receiver. Are you good with Darren Waller, who caught all three of his targets for 48 yards and a touchdown uh, as a starting tight end next week? And who do they have? They have the Steelers. His Steelers. I'm going to look up his playing time if you could pontificate on him for a second. I yeah. am going to start Darren Waller. He is a tight end. Um, my projections probably won't have him in the top 12, and I'll just push him up into the top 12. Glad I did that this week. Um, yeah. Go Waller and Kittle. I, and I'm mean? sorry. I, I feel bad about our tight end analysis because too many times it's, well, he's a tight end. You're going to start him. And there's Yeah, that's why something. we're getting rid of the position. when <laughs> got to be something, a, a better way. 
Maybe Dave's answer is the right one. 31 snaps out of 64 for Darren Waller. So first game back, played about half the snaps. That's pretty good. I would imagine that goes up next week, which means his targets will go up next week. All right, let's go to Cincinnati 32 and Tampa Bay 22. Get that ball. Get that ball. Yeah, come on. Let's go. All right, uh, Cincinnati 32, Tampa Bay 22. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The whole uh, world just got a very small window into what Adam Azer is like away from the podcast. That was outstanding. Joe Mixon has a Samaj P. Ryan problem. Yes, that's believable. Did yeah. you see in the fret that at halftime of this game, Joe Mixon had one carry? Uh-huh. That's part of the reason why it's pretty believable. I feel like they barely had the ball in the first half. I'm not sure. But the good okay, the good stuff is Dave laid it out, right? The good stuff is he was he was very much involved near the goal line. He did have five catches. I don't know that he has a has a P Ryan problem to the point where you can't start Joe Mixon. But it, you know, if you're a loaded team playing in your fantasy semifinals, then you might have some tough decisions. Believe it or not, Russell Gage is a number three wide receiver. No. Not ready to believe that. What if Julio's out again? Still not ready to believe that. He's the Bucks' number three wide receiver. Might no. even be their number two. He might be their number two. Yeah. Do you have a preference of uh, Tampa Bay running back, White or Fournette? I prefer to not start them, and most of the people who did probably won't have a choice to make next week. <laughs> well, they've, they've got who next week? <laughs> they have a bye. They have the Cardinals. Uh, 2023. Uh, Fournette played 57% of the snaps, 7 of 9 inside the 10. Yeah. Rashad White played 42% of the snaps, most of the third down snaps. Ah, Giovanni Bernard, 1% of the snaps. Watch out. Do you, Giovanni Bernard also responsible for... Um, do you see him on their fake punt? One of their many turnovers in their own territory? They snapped it to him, and he had no idea that he was running a fake punt. <laughs> yeah. No clue at all. He did uh, fall on the fumble, at least, but it didn't matter. because Yeah, right. that was awful. That was so bad. <laughs> wow, um, you really I'm had starting... a treat watching that game, Heath. What's that? You had a treat watching that game. Um, I am starting. Well, you know, I had the Bucks stack in the Scott Fishbowl. Brady, Evans, and Godwin. And so I was counting on those guys to carry me to victory. They did a fantastic job. Uh, I'm starting both White and Fournette next week, to answer your question. Okay. So I just want to be clear. I'm advancing in the Scott Fishbowl. And oh, gosh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's correct. Uh, last game, Chargers 17, Tennessee 14. Yeah, I don't know that I have one for this game. Okay. What did you guys talk about? I don't know that we did. Uh, we talked about Herbert being crap. Um, Derrick Henry, huge game for him, four catches. Uh, we could talk about Oconquo maybe. I mean, does does he is he just dependent on Traylon Burks? Because he's you know he's getting you about he's getting you around ten points. I think he's pr- the problem is that without Traylon Burks, he is in that Taysom Hill, Jawan Johnson, low end starter range. I'm afraid with Traylon Burks, he falls into that Hayden Hurst touchdown dependent reign. CJ Uzama, uh, whoever else you want to see. CJ Uzama. Uh, okay, then let me give you a, a um, Mike Williams one. What's your level of confidence in Mike Williams? Like a massive game last week, six catches, 161 y- 116 yards and a touchdown, four catches for 67 yards on eight targets, a lot of it coming on the last drive of the game. So good for him, but he was pretty quiet most of the game. Next week they're at the Colts. I don't know. Are, are the Chargers going to play scared again? Probably. 
I was having a conversation with someone who's just a football fan and not a fantasy football fan. And they were talking about how boring Justin Herbert is. Oh. And I don't really like Herbert as much as the other good quarterbacks. He's so boring. And he said, just wait until he gets oh. a new coach next year. No, he's not boring. But he's yeah, they're conservative boring. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think like you're going to start Mike Williams. Uh, okay. And that's it, folks. Thank you for. Uh, I'm sorry about the freak out. I, I really, that was unprofessional. But it, you know, yeah, it's week 15. We're we all enjoyed here. it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if the Commanders fans did, but they'll probably win anyway. I mean, it stinks that, that, that the guy you're playing started Thibodeau, but. No, he didn't, did he? Did he really? We'll see. Oh, no way. I don't care. I don't care. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Uh, for David Heath and Thomas Schaefer, thanks everybody for watching and listening. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow with Beyond the Box Score on Fantasy Football.